Coming to you live from Browns headquarters in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Brought to you by Jack, the official entertainment partner of the Cleveland Browns. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Monday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo Bishop. He is the Z, which stands for Zagura. Not on. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Spoiled from the days of lights telling me when I was on or off the air (laughs) one week ago down in Columbus. But however, we are both spoiled with kapow. Let's see it. Love it. Let's tell the people, if you do not recall, so this was last Tuesday in Indy. That's right. We're in Indy, and uh, Coach Stefanski comes and he joined us for 20 minutes of, of fantasticism. And he showed up in a gray Nike quarter zip that had a spectacular stripe logo on the right sleeve. Just like that. And as soon as he sat down, I mean, I'm sure we could audio check it, but I, we probably said something like, hold on just a second here. That is, that, I don't know if you're aware spectacular. that we basically live in quarter zips, and that's the coolest one I've seen done in our motif. Something to that effect. That's right. To which he said, well, I'll get you one. Also right. But I thought, okay, all right, give me a break. I mean, this guy's going through the combine. He's got this, the whole football operations is over there. They got a million things they got to do. They got to get into free agency, all this stuff. This morning, I'm getting a cup of coffee, talking to Siv. See, Coach, wave. How you doing, Coach? How you doing, Bo? Good. Good to see you. What was it? Within an hour from that? So that was 10 to 8, Gibby? Within an hour from that delivery, uh, a, a call from the equipment right. manager of the year and the number That's one right. equipment managing team in the National That's Football right. League. That's right. Asking for sizes for things. Yeah. And now. And by nine oh five, they were them. delivered. Yeah. And now we're wearing them. And then we gave him Nathan's wrong size, and which I, was my fault. Was I'm my going fault. to spend the. No, oh, no, no. I took one. I, t- I have No, no. On that. It's on me. I thought for sure you were an L. I did not know that in this it's range. It's a fair thing because I'm an L you're an for L, polos, t-shirts, right. but outerwear, which I would consider a quarter zip, a quarter zip or a jacket. Then you go for the length. Sweatshirt. Yeah, for the Because you're a tall drink of water. That, well, thank you. Um, That's kind of you to say. Yeah, you bet. So that, but. But what, by the way, we for all said, of the. Go ahead. He said, I'm, I was told, make a list and it's going to get true. done. And I said, we're going to be on the list. And it just speaks to Kevin's fans. Listen, we live in a world where there are a lot of people who say a lot of things. Sure. Follow through is an issue in the yeah. year 2020 in our world. Not in this building, because I think with Kevin Stefanski and Callie Bronson, we are follow through. The details. Champions. <laughs> Nothing gets lost. Nothing gets lost. I mean, so thank you, Coach. Thank you. We adore them. Thank you. Yeah, beautiful. They're, be- they're fantastic. I mean, how great's that logo? Just the stripes. Isn't and that they, great? And they just pop around and try to come down. Yeah, I like it. You're at least selling that. It's a good job out of you. Thank you. OBM Hot Topics, Ohio Business Machine Preferred Copier Provider, the Cleveland Browns. Of all the X's and O's for your office, call 216-485-2000. Visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. We are back from the combine, and what a combine it was, sir. Um, and I think we're headed for – we get into some of the details. There's a lot to get to. I'm sure we'll go around the league, lots of league things. Um, but there yes. were so – you had a week where the NFL commiserated together – and starting today, liars poker and silly season. So what to believe, what not to believe, it's on. It's on now. It's all posturing. It's negotiating. 
It's creating false value in picks or in players. Sure. You saw it with Ngakwe this morning already. Ah. Says goodbye to Duvall. And Later. Jacksonville says, well, we're hey. going to franchise you. Come so, on down, by the way. You Not could see a lot of those. A franchise and trade is a very difficult thing to pull off. Yeah, I would think. so. But I think there's a, no one knows what's going to happen. The CBA is holding it all up too because nobody knows what to do with this yep right so that's out there most people we talk to thinks it's going to get passed yeah nate solder <laughs> talked with 15 guys that he would call from the middle to the bottom of the roster on the giants and said okay if i could increase your salary by 20 percent, <laughs> increase your benefits for the rest of your life in exchange for one extra game would you say yes or no to that and he said all 15 people he talked to said yes yeah. that's why it's going to pass because it's only 50 percent that need it to pass yeah that's the way that's going to go so interesting updates on our front lots of rumor and scuttlebutt sure surrounding the browns so let's jump in on this joe schober per mary Kay, the browns met with his agent for linebacker joe schobert at the nfl combine and aren't prepared to meet his 10 million plus market price they're prepared to let schobert walk because of the money we love joe schobert on this program we think that he is an excellent football player an asset to this organization without question we also and i think rightly so wondered aloud about a team that is going to be looking for market arbitrages and true market values if they feel that an off-ball linebacker is worth, you know, a sizable contract. And I think that I think they would love to have Joe Schobert back. I think they would love to have Joe Schobert back at what they would consider probably a team-friendly deal or the right price. Uh, and Joe Schobert's a guy who wants to maximize what he's able to do. And there's been a lot of conjecture already that a team like the Green Bay Packers would be very interested in him or return to Wisconsin. And so uh, you certainly hope that perhaps the market is different than the expectation and Joe and the Browns can find a way to, to work that out. But for now, it seems that they, it seems that he's going to at least get to test free agency. And if that's the case, you know, it's, I think it does a lot for Christian Kirksey's, you know, role on this team, you know, Sione Takitaki, Mac Wilson could one of, could Mac Wilson play Mac, uh, you know, the Mike linebacker could Taki Taki. That's what he was drafted to do. Could Kirko even make a switch over there? Or is that now an area that you need to address in the draft or free agency and say, all right, we may not get the top middle linebacker, but we're going to get one who can cover and we're going to get him for cheaper than Joe Schobert. Uh, good. Again, let me reiterate clearly. I hope that Joe Schobert is back with the Browns. You're just, we're going off of the reports that are out there right now uh, that make it sound like he's going to test the waters in free agency, and we'll just have to see uh, how these things, this thing all plays out. Yeah, and you got to think about who, who do you want having the green dot on the helmet? I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Like, is Mac ready for that? Yep. You know, after one year in the league, is he ready for that? So, you know, as he learns a new defense and those type of things. It, um, it does speak to, if you, if you add this as another thing that we have to fill the need of, and I think it would probably be in free agency, because the rest of your guys are young, so it's probably going to be in free agency. Um, so then you, that adds, you add that to safety, where there's enormous need at safety, and now you got to go get a veteran linebacker to kind of handle the middle, be your captain of the defense type thing. Um, and then you add that to offensive tackle, where I think you'd like to get one there too. So that, those are the things that it starts to stack up for you, and your activity March 18th, it gets more and more. It, it certainly does. And, I mean, there are a lot of names that are out there that, you know, would kind of fit in this in this realm as an off-ball guy. Danny Trevathan would be a veteran who would make a lot of sense. Think about being with Joe Woods in Denver before he makes the move to, to Chicago and cashes in in free agency. He's only 29 years of age. Um, Nick Vigil's 26. Blake Martinez, who had been with the Packers, 26. 
So there are a lot of guys. Nick Kwiatkowski, uh, who had a very nice season this year. Uh, Patrick Owasu, 27. Kwiatkowski's 26. There are a lot of options. This It's actually... There are some names out there that could make sense for the Browns. It's going to be a matter of which direction they ultimately go. One name to keep an eye on to me would be Camus Grieger-Hill. And the only reason I say that is because he's been with the Eagles and a guy that, you know, obviously Andrew Barry would have some familiarity with, although his season last year uh, was cut cut short with a herniated distance back, but started week 7 to 13 for the Eagles last year at middle linebacker. And to me would be somebody, he's young, a lot of speed, um, and would maybe make sense if the Browns are looking to move on. And again, familiarity with Andrew Barry, who was there. Uh, just like Dan Trevathan would have familiarity with Joe Woods. Absolutely. So, more from Mary Kay this weekend. This is about Hollywood Higgins. The Browns met with receiver's agent Michael Swenson at the Combine about his future. Told him they're still interested in him, which we figured that they would be. No numbers were discussed, and Higgins is expected at the free agent market on March 18th. will be unrestricted and free to sign with any team. Um, this this was something in the previous regime was a zero percent chance of returning, and in this regime I would say is a very good chance, and I think this would make a lot of sense if they can get the money to work uh, for for Hig to come back. The trust with him and Baker is clearly there. The familiarity we've got our number one and number two, our number one receiver from last year, Jarvis Landry, is not going to be active until at least August. So that's the reality of that. And we don't know what Odell's health is going to be in April either. Not that that matters as much as training camp matters. But you, that has to be there. And Higgs known. He's known and trusted. So I would – that to, I hope that – to me, that makes a lot of – plus, I like him. Um, that that to, would me, to, to me would make a lot of sense to find a way to get him back. It most certainly would. And I think, you know, one thing that is working in the Browns' favor here uh, is that Hollywood Higgins coming off a season where he had four catches for 55 yards. You know, two years ago, 39 catches, 572 yards, and the four touchdowns. So there isn't a lot. Your your any free agent evaluation on him would be basing it much more off of 2018 clearly than 2019. The other thing that's working in the Browns' favor, but also against, I would say, Hollywood Higgins and really any non-elite tier free agent wide receiver is. Right. This draft is absolutely loaded. loaded with wide receivers. And thus, you could get a wide receiver on your team in the third or the fourth round that has significant upside, would have been a second-round pick in many drafts, maybe even better than that, and you're going to get them on a rookie contract. This would be a very difficult year to be a free agent wide receiver in the NFL, unfortunately. Now, I think that plays in very well for the Browns and for those of us, like you and I, and give who would like to see Hollywood Higgins back, but there are going to be a lot of teams that are going to say, why would we spend X number of dollars in the free agent market on a wide receiver when we can get a younger, cheaper one with probably a better overall pedigree in the draft? Yeah, I mean, that's and that's how this could be beneficial. So hence the value could be very good on a guy like Hollywood Higgins, and if he does go, the Browns certainly would have an opportunity, I think, to address wide receiver in the draft. I just think it is incredible. incredibly important to keep people with your quarterback as he learns now yet another offensive system that he has complete confidence and trust in and Hollywood Higgins fits that bill. I couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, and especially when you add the injury concerns and I think there are, especially they're going to be back for the season, but that you're right to be concerned there. Um, in terms of, of Beckham and, and Landry there. And per PackersNews.com, the Browns and Packers discussed joint practices in Wisconsin this coming preseason. If all goes 
uh, are planned. Everything will be finalized with the preseason schedule coming out in April per PackerNews.com. Now, we had heard Buccaneers. We had heard other stuff at the Combine about some rumors here and there with other teams on the joint practices. We obviously did Indy, but you have to pay attention to the scores on this show. Um, and I have a feeling that there's, there's some juice to this. I like this. I have a feeling there's some juice to this. <clears throat> I like this. I, um, I would like to uh, – hopefully I can go with you. That would be fun. To take the program over there to to, to Green Bay, I've never been oh, there. I, I believe that we would. Do you think we would take the show? Where's Gibby? Would we take the show to Green Bay? Oh, we're going to the land of beer and Let's cheese. Let's do it. Of course we Let's would. Let's do it. Let's it. go live a little bit. It's God's huh? country. I've never been. We went to Indy for the joint practice. Yeah, but I didn't go. I was here. I know you should have come. Oh. Yeah. You think you made that decision? Probably because I want to do that drive. <laughs> that was your decision. They want to do the poor one. <laughs> that drives pure hell. How'd you guys do Friday coming back? I texted you. You didn't respond. I did, too. No, you did not. Not to oh, me. on Friday. Dissension. No dissension, because we've spoken many times, many times since. since. I'm trying to see when you what you. You can you can read it for the people. You got to clean it up, but you can read it for the people. And it really sums up exactly how I feel about that drive. Gibby and I just had this conversation. Oh, I and did Paul it. Paul Taylor and I had this conversation. I did it. What's, what did it say? This drive sucks. Just long enough to be annoying and make that last hour feel like forever. It's true. It when you suck. hit that hour, when you're an hour out, you're like, I'm still an hour out. And you're and like, it's now dark. Like, what is it, Lodi? Yeah. Where's Grandpa's Cheese Bar? Yeah. Like Field Grandpa's Cheese yeah. Bar in that area? Yeah. Love that place. Fantastic. Like, that's what like, am I? Where are we? And no issues in Columbus. It just zipped right around 270. He and I, Gibby and I discussed that off air. That's a good job out of that town because yep. I hit it at 538, 535, something like that. Yeah. And I zipped all the way around it. There was no backup. I looked both ways. They Perfect. had it sorted out. I think that their construction finally caught up. They added lanes. They added entrances yeah. to the to the overpasses, and and you can you can zip around that. It was pretty good. We were very lucky, though. Gibby, did you see the traffic I was talking about? Yes. So we come out of Indy, and I'd say you get about fifteen minutes to get outside of there, four sixty-five, which I think is yeah. their Beltway, and then all of a sudden, seventy west stopped, stopped, and it was stopped. I drove for about 25 minutes before I called him, and I said, it has been backed up literally 25 uh, minutes worth of me moving at a decent it rate. It wasn't as bad as when I got there, but it was at least an eight-mile backup. Wow. Well, they only have two lanes, so well, what are you going to do? That's, right. That's to a major and, metropolitan city, yeah. they have two and lanes. And thank you for the heads up about the, the roads and the indie portion of it. Because I warned you guys they, that the eastbound – they weren't even like potholes, man. They were like some. It yeah, looked like the the beginnings of a sinkhole. Yes, yeah. There were. It, I mean, it was two and ten like this, in and out. I um I almost got into an accident coming out of Indy, so my it sent me kind of by the stadium. Yep. And then I you make that let. There's that parking lot where the super when they had the Super Bowl. There was that parking lot there. You make that left and you go all the way down. Then you hop on a uh a, yeah a thing to hop on. I think four sixty five. And there was a – I was in the right lane to do a right-on-red turn, and a car came out of nowhere and had to slam on its brakes or would have hit me right out of the gates. And I'm pretty sure I was in the right, but it's hard to say. Could have been in the wrong. I don't know. It's one of those things – because they have a lot of, like, double-turn lanes and non One-way streets. A lot of one-way stuff. What about where you come up blind up a hill to make a oh, left geez. when there's a car that should be going this way that I you pull out see. of the lot, and she goes, make sure you – she goes, we have mirrors. Make sure you check the mirrors. I said, I don't even know which – you have two mirrors, two circle mirrors. Yeah. Which one am I looking at? Dangerous, but we made it. If we you see it. light, she goes, if you see lights, don't go. I'm going, well. Okay, thanks. I, I literally, the last hour of the drive – I had all four windows down. Sammy Hagar, I can't drive 55 blasting, and I'm smacking myself in the head. 
Paul said he and Baca were coming back earlier in the day. Paul said he woke up at one point and ba- looks over and Baco, his nose is almost touching the steering right. wheel. Yeah, and he's tough. like, all right, pull over. Pull over. We yeah. have got to stop. It's two straight lines. Yeah. Straight line to Columbus and straight line up. So it's tough. Lots to get to on the program today. Lots of uh, reaction from the Combine. We are one of the big winners. We will get to that. Yes. Coming up next, CBD on a Monday right here on 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Join us for military and first responder appreciation day every Monday at Jack Thistledown Racing. You know, simply present a retired or active military or first responder ID and receive 50% off your participating dialing outlets only at Jack Thistledown Racing. You know, Jack, thanks you for your service. We think Zagura is okay. I don't know. He didn't pull a Chris Sims. By the way, I, I felt bad. We we were mocking Chris Sims. Yeah. Last week. Little did we know that Chris Sims had a reversal of fortune on the air during pro football talk. So we were one of the things that the the fantastic big P that, that Gibbe is at the Combine, this is your this is Lurk season. So you're able to get your people and we've we got tremendous guests. It was awesome to have everybody on. But one of our favorite guys to have on is Chris Sims. And he has what I would describe as a playfully adversarial relationship with you. Yes. Is that fair? He, when he saw me on Tuesday, yeah. I will not repeat what he said, but he definitely called me a very Hey Blanker. Yeah. Yep. So and I was like That's Hi. where that goes. Gonna, so Yeah. So give me So he was gonna come on with us. And it was supposed to come on, I think Wednesday was the day that he was supposed to come on. And then I walked by the because he was doing they were doing um, pro football talk radio on or maybe they do the stream on the NBC Sports. Yeah, I don't know where it's, it's a video where it's, stream. Yeah. All right. The video stream on NBC Sports dot com, wherever they do it. And I walked by and I saw Florio Wednesday morning solo. No Sims. No, none. Nope. And I arrived that day and I'm like, if he left town and ghosted us. Yeah. I am going to give him all kinds of grief. That's right. That's right. And rightfully so. Yes. So this morning I read Football Morning in America, which by the way, it's weird that he didn't he doesn't own MMQB. Yeah. Because it's all his intellectual property and they and Breer does a nice job, but like it's MMQB. That's his deal. Yeah. Um SI owns it, so it stays. So it's football morning in America. And which by the way, if I could not recommend to you enough, if you'd want to know what the combine is like. He does a thing where he talks about basically his entire one day in Indy, and it perfectly sums up. Like, if you ever think, like, what's the combine like? That's it. That summed it up. Yeah, like except just a, he went to bed at 11, and I went to bed at 3.30 in the morning. I'm more on the Peter King schedule than yeah. you were. Um, I'm disciplined week. on the road. I stay disciplined. Um, so, in it, one of the things he discusses is, the, is that Chris Sims, in the middle of ProFootballTalk.com. Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning lost his cookies violently literally threw his arm up walked off the set i'll see Florio, being the pro that he is kept going yeah and basically sim said he had a reversal of fortune for 12 straight hours yeah 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 that's that's where that stood um so we're experiencing similar things here's when i think of the cop you think about the winners of the combine gibby and you think about uh i think the Bengals won pretty big because they, they got their quarterback. 
Um, I think that the Redskins and the Lions win pretty big because they're going to kind of control the draft a little bit. And I don't, I don't necessarily believe all the smoke around the Redskins. I, I'm not sure that I believe that or not. I think we won pretty big because there are the two tackles who tested the best. Makai Becton, who defied logic for a human being that big to run that fast. Yes. And then the other being um, uh, Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa to test the way that he tested, to have those two guys test the way that they tested. And going into the week in Indy, the feeling was that, that Thomas and Wills, Wills especially, was the number one tackle. So the idea that there appears to be four superb tackles in this draft is remarkable. And the thinking coming out of Indy is that all five of them will be gone. Juxtapose that with Isaiah Simmons doing exactly – we can just say his name now because he's not getting to 10. Isaiah Simmons doing exactly what we told you he would do. That's right. Which is test off the charts. The dude's 6'4", 240, and ran 4'39". Yeah, that's right. He's he's He put himself in a position at three. I think he could go three to the Detroit – uh, there's, I don't think there's any way he gets pie four with the Giants. I was out with a defensive backs coach that has a very early pick in this draft, and he said, obviously, if Chase Young's there, you know that'll be the fastest card that's ever turned in in the history of the NFL draft. But if he is not, he said, between Akuda and Simmons, it's very difficult. But he said, give me Simmons because I can do, I can do so many things with him, and disguise. He allows me to disguise so many coverages. His versatility as a blitzer. I mean, he was a guy that I will tell you, when you went out at night, the places were buzzing about Isaiah Simmons. Maybe they pay attention to the scores, yep. but it's clear that that guy, he is, there's any mock that has him at nine, it, Tom Foolery, he will be, he will be long, long gone. gone. And you mentioned, which is good. It's, it's good. great. It's good for us. I don't have to deal with it. How did you it's do good. it again? You got us. We have like the number one pick now. <laughs> number one pick of the draft. We Maybe number two. Extrapolate. You can get there. Yeah. We'll yeah. pick the second guy. The and it, the funny thing was is I don't watch as much college football as you do and we're going into the Clemson Ohio State game and and you said on this fine program you said I'm going to tell you what pay attention to eleven and that's, orange that's all you got to watch just watch eleven and orange that's Ohio right. State you knew the guys obviously you cover every game you talk a lot about yeah. the Buckeyes and it was but, crazy though how I did go through my list of ten things that had to happen for yeah, the Buckeyes to lose right. the game and all ten did all ten did the that, chances of which are did. minuscule yeah at best. right so only because of that were we early early aware of Isaiah Simmons That's on this right. show, just so your welcome. ability to watch both and be able to canvas both sports. Um, but he he's nuts, and so it's good. Like, we're not going to have to deal with it at 10. There's no way he's going to get there. But you are going to get – there's four, because I like Thomas, too, from Georgia. I really like Thomas. And Wills is – going into this thing, everybody thought Wills was the best of the bunch at tackle. And now you have Becton and you have Wirfs both – Test. I mean, you couldn't have had a better combine than Worf's did, and it was overshadowed by Beckton, who ran what he ran at 360 pounds. He ran a what a five one. Worf's the 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 thing that I saw about Worf's that just absolutely blew my mind. 36 and a half inch vertical, modern record among linemen. They put up a graphic today on NFL Network because I was watching uh, Good Morning Football. He has a higher vertical jump than DeAndre Hopkins. AJ Green and Amari Cooper. Yeah. Anyways, 320 pounds at a 6'5. 
That is unbelievable. The vertical tied the broad record. 48540, the best time of any offensive lineman this year. Uh, dominant. And then you see a 5.1 from Beckton, the fast time ever by a player 350 pounds or more since 2003. Thomas was, you're right, it, it just set up so well. And that's why Pat Kerwin said to us, if you're the Browns, you're feeling really, really good because this is one of those cases as a general manager where the best player on the board is also going to be at your biggest position of need. And that doesn't happen often, and that allows you to make a decision that you feel very good about, that you know is not a reach. And the Browns are going to have an opportunity depending how it goes. Because, okay, let's talk three quarterbacks. Let's talk the three defensive megastars. You could get four quarterbacks if Love goes too. If it's, and he may go over Herbert. It could be all four. Could so that's six, maybe four in the top nine. Okay, yeah. so that would be six or seven. Derek Brown's going to go. That's eight. You're going to get the second best tackle, and, if and it you, might be your favorite tackle. And it might be your favorite tackle, yeah. at which point you probably would just say, we're going to turn the card, but there's also the potential to move from 10 to 13 or 14, still get a tackle that you love, yeah. and pick something else up. As we said all along, if there's a guy they love, stay there and you take him. It's, yeah. it's about bringing in players to your organization that you truly believe in. There's a decent chance you're going to get the tackle you want. There's a very good chance. Yeah. Very good chance you get the tackle you want. That's very much in play. So that's what I mean. You come away from the big winners of of the combine. We are among them. Absolutely, absolutely, we are, because this, as I said, it, it lines up perfectly for that. The strength of the edge class, which you know, the other thing coming out of the combine is, is that you know it does seem unlikely that Olivier Vernon, something we've said for a while, would be with the team at his current number. Uh, this early second round sets up pretty well for safeties. It sets up pretty well for an edge rusher. It sets up very well for a wide receiver or a, a top tight end if you want to go in that route. Uh, there's some good off-ball linebackers as well if that's the direction they decide to go. So this this actually sets up this draft with what you're doing in round one sets up very, very well for you, knowing that you, you're going to be able to have a very comprehensive free agency plan to address some of your other needs. But it's a draft that, that sets up well given what you're looking for. And I think that is something that, as for as far as the Browns go, that's all you could ask for. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Um, speak, and I, to, I we teased this earlier, the amount of information in the Peter King story on Football Morning in America continues to multiply, and we're featured several times. I think he's doing – I think Coach Stefanski's doing his podcast this week as well. Uh, they taped last week in Indy. Okay. It will so drop at some point in the near future, I would think, this week. Yeah, yeah. So you have that to look forward to. Um, and also a little schedule wrinkle for us. We mentioned the possibility of the Green Bay uh, in the preseason being a practice game. But could it sounds there like be, on the road be, as well that that would be there. Be there. Yeah, I would think. It's, I mean, it does. What? It, it, so what? we would, if that happens, Gibbe, correct me if I'm wrong, that'll have been the fourth set of joint practices that we've been a part of. And all four will have been on the road. I, maybe we are just, we incapable here? Maybe our setup isn't I, is conducive. I think, it, I think it's tough because I think you need two full fields. Or two we full have two sets full fields. fields. What I'm what I'm saying is, you need four full fields. Yeah, then. I think you need four. But in Indy, we really operated on, on two, wouldn't you say? They're just back to back. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Well, I wonder about is there enough. You know, from a parking standpoint, to that to must be what it is because we've been and we went an accommodation. We went to and Buffalo facilities too. Like, right. what do you do with facilities? Like, where do you, where do they dress? Yeah, when we go to that, when we were in Indy, I mean, they had a whole I think it was massive. It's the biggest up. field set in the country, right? But when, did you guys did did our team dress there? Yep. Okay. Both so, teams did. And well, I wonder and, if Green Bay. Can and when do we that. went to Tampa, where's Green Bay's practice set up? 
That's at their facility. It's at their that's facility. Right, it's at right Lambo? Next to Lambo. Yeah. Okay. So that you could use the visitor locker room. That, and that's what we did in Tampa. That's we right. got dressed so in the locker room in Tampa, and it was a five minute drive. Okay. Yeah. So that's what's that's probably. What yeah. So we've been about. to Buffalo. We've been to Tampa. We've been to Indy, and now we will be to Green, Bay. Green Bay if this is in fact true. Which yeah, I think it may be. Oh. Pay, pay attention to the scores. Um, but more on that. So we'll get another scheduling wrinkle, which could come into play as we start to piece that thing together. And another thing I want to talk to you guys about, think how difficult it is to put together a schedule when you don't know which quarterback's playing on which team. Because that's got to be done. You're putting that thing together now, and you don't know where these quarterbacks are going to end up. And you're right. putting together primetime games, sure. and you don't know who's going to be quarterbacking who. Uh, so we'll get into all of that coming up next, CBD 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Guys, Alex from Northeast Factory Direct started this thing out of his basement two decades ago, helping people save a ton of money on high-quality name-brand furniture, top-notch kitchen cabinets and countertop, industry-leading hot tubs, and more. He's so confident that his model, which allowed him to offer the lowest prices for years, that he's now offering a one-year best price guarantee. That's right. I've been saying Northeast Factory Rex prices can't be beat, and now they guarantee it. If you buy furniture from Northeast, and within one year you find it advertised for less, Alex will refund the difference. This is no gimmick, but there are some terms and conditions, so ask Northeast Factory Direct for details on how to find the policy at northeastfactorydirect.com. Check them out. Who else does this? West 140 Street in Cleveland, Lakeland Boulevard, Euchre, Freeway Drive in Macedonia, or online anytime at northeastfactorydirect.com. Something just came across my Twitter that uh, apparently happened last night, but I was not aware of it. All right. James Lipton, the creator and host of Inside the Actors Studios, passed yeah. away at 93. 93. It's a good run. Great run. Great run. Did you know that was the fifth most Emmy-nominated series in TV history? No, I would not have known that. Would not have Do you have the that. other four? I do not. 16 Emmy nominations, 94 million homes, over 125 countries around the world. Uh, quite successful program and, and obviously spawned what I consider to be one of my favorite Will Ferrell characters on Saturday Night Live. When it was one of the best recurring skits in SNL history. I'm sh- Lipton loved it. Loved it, cause it yeah. and it was pretty it was spot on. It was pretty spot on, yeah. And it would allow for all the, everybody else to do their impressions as celebrities, which was a big win. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was great. It was great. The, the crazy thing, Bradley Cooper was in that class and then ended up on it. Like he was asking, I never knew he what, was actually in the oh, class. Oh, yeah. There's, there, on one of the episodes, he's raising his hand, asking a question. And and then they showed that when they put him – I think he was on maybe with De Niro. He asked De Niro a question, and then he was on the actor's studio after being in the class. They should have De Niro in the crowd that day ask him a question. Ask him the question. That would be good. The that first good. ever guest on uh, inside the actor's studio was Paul Newman. On Chenu. Paul Newman. That's right. See? Solo, what, what a, solo, solo. Solo. Yeah. How about some other Am news? I wrong? Am I wrong? You're not is wrong. Is there more new stuff coming, Gibby? <laughs> this is great. This is NBA. From the Warriors. Okay. They've assigned Steph Curry to their G League team <laughs> to rehab. No way. Um, the Warriors have assigned guard Steph Curry and some other guy to the team's G League affiliate in Santa Cruz. He will practice with the team today. Oh, maybe just to practice. Maybe the big team just isn't practicing. He's not going to play a G League game. No I got, I, I, let's hope. If he can run. I would love a little G League action with Steph Curry. Let's hope. That's pretty amazing. Um, Peter King's. Football morning in America is out. So he did – it's a must-read across the board. Number 23 of his 30 notes 
I'll read directly. Because the Pro Football Hall of Fame will have two inductions of 10 men apiece, the traditional one with modern era inductees in August, and the centennial class of 10 players on September 18th. There's some thought about playing a week two Thursday night game to help kick off the centennial class weekend. It seems logical to me that Cleveland, 50 minutes north of the hall and an intriguing 2020 team anyway, could host the Thursday nighter on CBS. The Browns host Philadelphia and Pittsburgh this year. Both have Centennial Class Hall of Famers, um, and of course we do as well with Max Speedy. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Eagles-Browns on Thursday night in Week 2. Uh, I would think that that would be the one, that the, the Eagles and, and Browns on Thursday night would make a ton of sense. Now, Gibby and I were having some discussion on this. He felt that that meant that the game would be played in Canton. I don't think that it would necessarily be. I think it would be played here. Correct. I didn't read it. that You know, they play the, pre, the Hall of Fame game there. Right. There would be just no way to make the gate up. If no, play down there. Yeah. There's no and nobody's way giving up a home game to play. No, no, no. It would be cool to play a meaningful game there. I love that stadium and I love the hall, but I don't think you'd ever do that. You just play it up here. Play it up you here. You're close the... and still all the festivities up there. That would be, that would be pretty good. Which would make me think then that the Browns would probably open in the division if they're if week. Two, I don't know that you'd wait till week three to play a division game. Although this year you did. You played Tennessee, Jets, Rams. It would lead I, – I think you could extrapolate. I think that's a, that's a smart job at a U private school. I think the other thing that it would do is it would – you would play it on the road. It's like we'd start on the road. On the road at Cincinnati or Baltimore or Pittsburgh would be – I think would make a lot of sense. Mm. I could see Baltimore. At Baltimore, home for Philly is not exactly that's not ideal. the kindest open. Actually, you know what? Schedule. It could go the other way. You could go Cincinnati. And you go the last two number ones. You go Battle of Ohio right out of the gates. Although we typically play them at the end of the year. Uh, it seems like both later in the year, both games. But you could open that way and go Burroughs opener versus Baker. That'd be great. Which would be a great game. Play it down in Cincinnati. That would make some sense. And then come home for the Eagles. And then come home for the Eagles on a short week uh, on Thursday. That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Where, when are we? When is that? April? When you get into schedule? Yeah, it'll be around the draft. I heard something last week, and I, you hear a lot of things in Indy. Sure. Are they delaying the well, schedule release till after the draft? I, so this was another thing that I was thinking about, guys, is the idea of if you are trying to put together the primetime slate and you have quarterbacks up in the air across the board. I mean, Brady's holding the whole league hostage right, right. now. So you don't know where he's going to go, and that would impact what you do with New England because if he's not on New England, they're not a primetime team. Correct. They're not. So if they run out Jared Stidham and Teddy Bridgewater, whatever the heck they're going to do, that's not a primetime team. You dare disrespect I'm not Theodore. Besmirching. They're I'm just, still a primetime team with that, Teddy Bridgewater. No, they're not. It's very different than Brady. It's an well, enormous yes, step Everybody's back. different. If Brady's there, you Especially can pencil him in. If, if, if Brady's there, you can pencil him in. You can pencil the Patriots in five times in prime time if Brady's there. Lock it. Done. They'll know that, though. That'll all be settled well before. Then you were, Then you think about Indy with their quarterback situation. You don't know what's going to happen with Tennessee with You're theirs. Gonna... You don't know about the Bucks. You don't know about Dallas. You don't know about Dallas. You don't know about the Vegas. The only Chargers. person that might be of consequence from a primetime scheduling standpoint that you won't know where they will be in April is Tua. Other than that, you're going to know where Burrow is, and you're going to know where all these free agents are. Yeah, but you're not going to put either one of those teams. Those guys aren't going to be on a Sunday night or That's anything. What I'm saying. Anyway. So I think you'll, you can still, once free agency goes, you'll be able to do it. I mean, and as everybody keeps right, saying, the domino that now. falls is Tom Brady. Tom Brady is right. the domino. But you can still have your week set up and just give yourself multiple primetimes options in a week or at least two and say, okay, right. well, Brady stays. Where you run into trouble is the Thursday and Mondays. Right. Like well, they're going to play. Where those are still going to get. Wouldn't, it'll be a lot, di- lot less. Right. It'll be a lot less if, if he's not there. So it's, it's an, 
there's so many the, truly the league is being held hostage by Brady at the moment. Go it ahead. is. I just want to say this. This is from from Peter King Gibbe. A direct quote from his which part of this is 20 assorted things I heard in my 66 hours here. Teddy Bridgewater market is warming up. Here's what I think is going to happen. Oh, I got to make sure that I got to make sure that we're not going to do too much of this uh, coming up because I don't want to step on Gibby's rundown. That's no, right. Pay I attention to the rundown. It's very important. I think I think we're safe. Um, I don't know, guys, if there's enough. I don't know if there's enough landing spots for the quarterback. There aren't. Like, there's going to be guys who can play who are going to be backups. Like the secondary market, the Daltons, the Mariotas. The Case Keenum's Nick Foles. Like, By the way, the Bears are talking to have have talked to the Bengals about Dalton. That that came out this weekend as well. Right the, now, the problem there is if you allow him to compete, he wins the job. Of course, so you can't let him compete. So that'll put them in a really tricky spot uh, at that point. Um, but that 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 second tier, we spent a lot of time talking about Brady and Rivers, and then there's the young guys. Like if I mean, if you think about the teams with Brady, and if Vegas goes off of Carr, then he's in the mix. You think about the Bucks with Winston, it doesn't seem like there's nothing that leads me to believe he's coming back. The report today was that, in fact, he would not be back. Right, which is that's the way it seems. It seems like Bruce Arians has no interest in that. Can I send him to Vegas? I want him with Gruden. Him with Gruden? I don't think that it would be in best Vegas. for Jameis' personality to go to Las Let's Vegas. Go. I don't Let's know. go. That's, I don't think we that need would be Vegas Jameis. I think the better fit for him would be to go to Belichick, and he could harness the talent. I don't know if they could tolerate that potential for mistake. Well, maybe they coached it out of him. Maybe they could. Coach Teddy Bridgewater out. could go in and run everything. The only thing I worry running. about with Bridgewater up there is the cold, because arm strength, gripping of the ball, all of he that plays stuff. with the gloves. Right, I understand, but he can't. He doesn't. I'll he remind doesn't, you, maybe the coldest, he's not a driver of the ball. A coldest football game in in maybe the modern era played at the University of Minnesota Stadium against the Seahawks when they were the Legion of Boom, and he was down and drove them to win the game against that defense, and Blair yeah. Walsh missed that field goal. On a one-off, I just don't know if it's something you can do often. You try to stay away from that. Um, but either way, it could that could be a fit. So the second-tier guys, there's going to be a lot of those guys that got to sort. Think about Tannehill. Like if Brady is Tennessee, then now Tannehill's in the mix. Of course, for somebody else. So there's a lot of dominoes that need to fall here. Um, Did you talk and about a lot the face timing? Did I miss that? We'll get to that at the top of the uh, two o'clock hour. So yeah, okay. I looked ahead yeah. at the rundown. Uh -huh. I don't there wanna, you go. You don't want to. You don't want to step on it. Um, one quarterback did get paid, but not for playing. Rather talking. We get That's into right. that coming up next. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. What do you make of this uh, Christian Kirksey tweet from about six minutes ago? Blessing in disguise. I don't know what to make of it, to be honest with you at this point. Um, Christian Kirksey, we know, a guy that you know we talked about. He's played nine games the last two years. Uh, he's due to make $9 million this year. Um, heart and soul of this team, one of my favorite guys. Could have absolutely nothing to do with it the Browns. Could have nothing could to have do nothing with nothing to do with it at all. Right. Um, right. But at the same time, I'm seeing if I can, you know, I have a good relationship with Kirko, so if I can – get anything on that i will uh, yeah. if not uh, again i hope he gets to be here he and joel batonio are the longest tenured browns on the roster they both began their careers in 2014 yeah. with this team they were drafted that season uh you want to see kirko be healthy and he's a guy that i consider such a leader here and someone that i want to see be able to enjoy success when it comes to this organization and i certainly hope he does 
Yeah. Tony Romo got $17 million per year to do games for CBS. Not a shock. I enjoy him on television. Same. But he is not worth – he's worth this because somebody paid it. But basically his, his, Payne, his representation used the ESPN courtship to get maximum out of CBS. What I would imagine would come of this is Jim Nance would say, well, if he's going to work 24 times a year and get 17, and I'm, I have all your golf and your NCAA tournament and your football, and my guess is Nance wasn't making no 17. He's about to. You got to pay him 20. Oh, right. You gotta He's keep, doing everything. You got to keep Michaels him has got to get to 20. Collinsworth's got to get to 17. Like all of those guys who are the A plus guys, Buck, I don't know about Aikman, but I mean, those guys all got to get pay raises, right? Of course. Of course. He's, it's just setting a new bar. It's a guy who was up, it gets set the yeah. new bar. He had a lot of leverage. He is considered by all, I think, to be the best analyst in football. I don't think so. You, by most, to yeah. be the best analyst in football. Thank really? You, Bo. Do you yeah. think so? He's your Thank favorite? You, Bo. Who do you think is the best? Um, I think he's he's my I, favorite. Yeah. I, I I still like Collinsworth. I think he does. A, I like Collinsworth as much, and I like I think Aikman. I think all, they're all about the same. I don't think one. I'll say this. Though, I like to Romo's be fair on my end, better than Aikman. To my end, I don't ever. I'm not turn off the TV because of an announcer guy. Of course, you never like no. all the is the game good. I watch. There's very few people that make that would make me like even turn it down. Like I think they're all pretty good, um, and. And so I'm more interested in the game. And and so I'm not – and I think sometimes – I think this is a product of Twitter. I think this is a product of Twitter, that Twitter created this buzz around – like general Joe football fan, I don't think cares much. But Twitter does this – like they did it with Boog. They did it with, with that group before when it was Booger and uh, Witten. Like that got ESPN to blow that thing up. And now it looks like they're going to blow up again from Booger and Tess. And now – and now this, I feel like I think Twitter got Tony Romo seventeen million bucks. I think he's very, very good. I think he has the respect. He is good. Of, I mean, no I know question. Nance respects the heck out of him. Nance Stole loves jobs. him. I'm sorry, he, did, he You can't say that. Why do you say that? Just took someone else's job. That's all. But I that's prefer like him called, to Sims. That's called somebody's. They felt would be better, and it turns out that I think in many ways they were right. And that's not a knock on Phil Sims, but what I think this is is this this now this number makes it interesting i would think that that number allows for peyton manning to listen sure because he is the white whale of this and i'm sure fox will try to get him fox would probably try and withdraw aikman out listen and everybody's going nuts about there they were talking about paying jay cutler 10 million yeah no i'm not going nuts about it. i'm just saying like this this sets a new thing this a lot like it's just such a rational ESPN, hatred for romo romo and lebron if his if that guy lebron personally wounded him romo, what's romo ever done to gibbs <laughs> Well, yeah, but also LeBron brought him a championship. He doesn't care. Romo didn't bring him anything. But the um, he did bring me a pregame interview last year. I can't argue with that. There you I, go. We did. Yeah. We had a little mea culpa on that. If Manning, it won't be hard. if if ESPN decides that they want Manning, now I don't even know who they'd pair with him. But now they could offer him like twenty million might get it done because he's the one everyone's waiting on. Well, yep. ESPN stands to cash in. Because if one of these networks doesn't want to pay one of these big color guys, ESPN needs that chip if they're really going to make a run at a Super Bowl or something else. Right. And they, they're going to have – they got it. well, when the new deal – and the other part of the Romo deal was is, is if after three years of CBS loses football, the, the deal's done. But that is – I've always said – 
It's too much for these guys. Yeah, they're not going to lose it. I wouldn't think, but you don't know. Yeah. Like, you, you don't know what Amazon's going to bid on this thing. You don't know what Apple TV. What if Apple TV? Have you looked at the cash reserves for Apple? They can outbid CBS. Let's see what happens. If they want to. Let's, Google. Let's see what happens going forward out there. Oh, we're going to get through the coronavirus thing. And yeah. then once we do, all the cash reserves come back. So, but my, my point is that the, the cash reserves that those companies have, if they really want to be interested, Facebook. What if Facebook wants to decide, you know, we're going to run games. We're going to stream NFL. And what if NFL wants to do that? I think it'd be silly and short-sighted to go off a network now. Yeah. I wouldn't do that now because there's a difference between network and cable. You have even a streaming still. partner. Yeah. You can have a streaming partner to, amp to help amplify. You just don't know who's going to bid on all these things. Heck, it's possible that Facebook buys CBS or Google buys CBS and puts the game on the network and on the streaming. So there's a lot of ways to go with it, but uh, I, it's definitely a market resetter. Good for him. He's probably gonna, how many games? Twenty four game, twenty four work days a year. Shouldn't he be doing Four? something at the Masters? I don't think the Masters <laughs> would let him near it. I mean, they didn't let Gary McCord near it. <laughs> they didn't let Berman near it. Get out of here! Like they're not going to have some side. It's just the golf there. I don't think the Masters would let him near it. No. I could see it. They, CBS has another major. Which one do they have? Do they have the PGA? I could see him doing something for the PGA, but they're not going to let him near the Augusta. No chance. All right, top of the hour. We go around the league, including the pretty straightforward line from Tom Brady. You can't get more direct than he was Saturday watching college basketball at Syracuse of all places. We'll get into that coming up next. CBD 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. When a medical mistake causes your injury, call a medical malpractice attorneys at 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Go Browns. What do you have? What do you have? Go, 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 go. Daniel Jeremiah just dropped his most recent mock, post-combine mock. Uh-huh. The Browns pick 10, Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Okay. Andrew Thomas, the fourth tackle taken in the draft. That's not going to happen. Here's what he's got. Burrow 1, Chase Young 2, Akuda 3. Tristan Wirfs is the first tackle off the board at 4 to the, the Giants. Giants. Two of 5. Makai Becton, 6 to the Chargers. So they're just going to go with Tyrod Taylor and, and roll Becton and bring Becton in. Seven, Isaiah Simmons to Carolina. Well, he'd look good there. Eight, Jedrick Wills to Arizona. Nine, Derek Brown. Ten, Andrew Thomas. He has Jordan Love going 13. He has Herbert going 23 to the Patriots. So he had he had the, at least the third quarterback not in there. What other position did he not have in there that we had in there? Because so, we only had two, so what What other player did he have dropping out that we had in? Kinlaw. No, that's not it. Yeah, Javon Kinlaw is going 16. We had we had three quarterbacks. Right. Three position players, Simmons, Akuda, and Chase, which he has. And then, we had, and then we had Brown. Brown. Which is, which is seven. Oh, so it's the third quarterback that allows for four tackles. Right. So he has two, just two quarterbacks instead of three. Yep. And he has that's how that's where the all the tackles come in. Yep. I don't think it'll go that way. 
I certainly hope not. I mean, that's just four. Ta- then you're sitting there. You're starting to say, wait a second. I mean, I like Thomas a lot, though. I think so. I think do I. I think, I think you're fine. There's four great ones. Yes. You know, good to great ones, and he would be among them. Yes. And going into the draft, we were t- I can't remember who we had on last week who said that they like Thomas the best. So I've heard Thomas is the best. I've heard Wills is right. the best. I've heard Wirfs is the best, and then I've heard Becton is a freak that you you have to. Becton's the only your... one that I didn't hear over there that said that anybody say he was the best. Like heard Wills, I heard Wirfs, I heard uh, Thomas. You hear that Becton has but the Becton potential, had the, the craziest ceiling to yeah. it. Well, that's interesting. That is interesting. Let's go around the league presented by Jack. Good idea or bad idea for the Bengals to franchise A.J. Green. So now, a little bit more reading on this, and you find out that Joe Burrow's conversation with Cincinnati went something along the lines of this. I'm going to play, but I don't have full trust, and I need you to do a couple of things to lead me to believe that I'm in good hands here. And one of those is I'd really like A.J. Green to still be here. Yep. And so you're going to franchise A.J. Green, who's 32, who hasn't been healthy in two seasons, at a tag of $18 million. And you don't know how excited he's going to be to run routes at OTAs for Joe Burrow because what A.J. Green wants is a long-term deal. Yep. Not great, Bob. Not great. And, you know, he's all of a sudden the franchise tag it keeps popping up. We heard earlier today, Brandon Scherf. We heard Bud Dupree with the Steelers. Scherf, of course, with the Redskins, the guard. Uh, the Chargers are expected now to franchise tag Hunter Henry. A.J. Green expected to draw the tag from the Bengals. This could be one of the biggest franchise tag off-seasons we've had in a long time, right? I mean, Ngakwe is going to get tagged. So that's five that we just mentioned right now. I think there are others. Yep. That's a lot of franchise tags. Oh, Justin Simmons, if they can't work, that's six. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a wild offseason. I think so many people are in this kind of crazy wait-and-see mode here with uh, Tom Brady as that domino, but it is, it's an, the A.J. Green one to me is stunning in a year when, boy, you know, maybe you could trade him somewhere and with something else and try to get a, for another first-round pick to draft the wide receiver of the future. He's not somebody that's going to be able to grow with no. Joe Burrow. No. He I makes was, more sense to me, and he made it last year. as a one-year rental for the Patriots. I want to just check on something to that end. Um, when you think about who they could add to Burrow, um, and I was wondering, all right, so here's – I was just looking at the Jeremiah Mock. Um, so obviously with, with this being the case, no receivers in the top 10, uh, which is pretty amazing. The first one, Jerry Judy off at 12. And this speaks to what you were saying earlier about us, about the quality that you're going to get at that position. Like, let's say that this held to form CD lamb at 17, Henry Ruggs jr. At 18. So there's a little bit of a run on receiver, Justin Jefferson. Okay. I was curious where Justin Jefferson was going to go. Um, we knew you gross models was going to be, he's at 22, um, the kid from Arizona State, I don't know him. The wide receiver at Arizona State, I do not know him. But I do not see – okay. I do not see uh, Higgins out of uh, Clemson anywhere right. in the first round. So if Was you're, C.D. Lamb on there? Yeah, he was 17. Okay. So if you had – if you were able to get T. Higgins at the top of the second round and you were going to go Burrow Higgins, that's pretty good. You already have Tyler Boyd and you have John Ross. Yeah, the, I don't, the, the notion of – You can't let a – if this is the truth and it's what Burrow was, wishes – you can't let him dictate a franchise when, tag. Would you say, hey, would you rather have 10 years of 
T. Higgins, or would you rather have one year of A.J. Green, maybe? Right, right. Yeah. You're going to get a great receiver in the second round. Yeah. Second round receivers are going to be pretty legitimate. Even He's got six of them going, but he doesn't have Higgins among them. Yes. All right. Um, you're not hard of seeing, so I know you saw the Tom Brady video. There were two videos that made the rounds this weekend. Uh, the first one, which I'm sure most of you saw, which was the video of him and Edelman courtside and, and Edelman's mouths, he's coming back. And Brady almost seems annoyed by it and looks at him and shakes his head and he goes, no, he's not. And then there's another video where they're FaceTiming with Mike Vrabel. The two of them are. Yeah. If you great shot by a fan behind him to yeah. capture that. Jeff Darlington, who is in the in Brady's camp, said he would be shocked if Brady is back uh, to the stunned or shocked, whatever the word he used, if Brady was back to the Patriots. Yep. Um, it's looking more and more like that will be the case. And we yep. heard from people around the Patriots that the Patriots are operating as if he won't be back. Yep. Yet that seems to be the thinking. Uh, that he is not going to be back. Peter King, even in his football, we said, look, Jeff Darlington, is, he's plugged he's in. He's the guy. He, he knows. So if he says that, then then I believe it. Now, they still have to have the meeting where Brady and Belichick sit down, and obviously that kind of an emotional and historied relationship can change what you're expecting to happen. But until that happens, it certainly looks right now like you have an opportunity. You're going to move on, you know? You, like, that's it. The other thing that Darlington said that I thought was interesting to, to Peter King was he said, this is as much about experience. It's as much about the experience as it is about winning a championship and rejuvenation. It's much more for that, yep. for, for his experience and winning, than it is about winning a championship, or rejuvenating his career and just a better experience. Um, so then you say to yourself, okay, well, I can't see him going to Indy. I can't see that based on their previous relationship. Tennessee makes the most sense, but only if they can re-sign Derrick Henry. Like, he's not going to go there if they don't have Henry. Right. Right? Oakland slash Las Vegas. Pretty good young team. Tennessee. they got to get a number one receiver, but they got great tight end, good back. When you say they got to re-sign Henry. You have to have Derrick Henry. You're not going to go there if you don't have a run game. To me, the fran franchising running back is the easiest thing in the world. I mean, you can guarantee that he's not leaving. Yeah, I would think that they would do that. It's to make not sure even that... expensive. <clears throat> and then the other one is the Chargers. Right. Who, you know, it's just, for that it would be a matter of, then now you're just talking lifestyle. And maybe he just wants to move his family to Los Angeles. It could be that. And just play for the Chargers in L.A. It'd be perfect for the Chargers to do that. They'd get a little buzz, something they previously have none of. Yep. So it would give them a little bit of buzz. And we had Tyrod. He was great here. But, like, the difference is significant from a buzz standpoint. So um, no I, I would think that, that that would be – and then you wonder about wild cards, if there are any wild card teams out there. And I'd always wondered about Dallas. If Dallas was a wild card team, if you would have an interest in that, I think Jerry would have an interest in that. I don't know. If, I think it would be silly to punt on Dak and of course. go with a 42-year-old Tom Brady, but I could see Jerry doing something silly. He just wants to win a Super Bowl. <clears throat> Can yeah. win one? Oh, yeah, if you win one, you don't care. doesn't matter. Yeah. Is Tom Brady that much better than Dak Prescott right now? I don't know. That's the question. And that's, I think that is the most difficult part of this entire equation. How much does he still have left in the tank? Mentally, he's going to be better than anybody on the field. But how much does he have left in the tank physically? There are plenty of bad throws last year. I don't know the answer to that. Now, I, I, another Brady nugget that this is from ESPN, um, which I found very, very interesting, is that Brady has been in, remained in constant contact with Antonio Brown 
According to one of Antonio Brown's attorneys, uh, Brady has told Brown to keep mentally and physically strong so the two can reunite on the field at Brady's next stop. Anything concerning Brown obviously should be taken with a grain of salt, not a grain, but a bucket. But it does seem as if Brady and Brown formed at least some level of connection in their incredibly brief time together in New England. Well, that ain't Oakland slash Vegas. He's not going there. No. They're not helping him back. So, they, you know, that's Chargers or Titans. I'm t- I, I really think the Titans make a lot of sense. I, if I were Tom Brady just putting myself in his shoes, I would want to get out of the AFC. But the NFC landing spots, there aren't that many, though. The NFC is good, too. Yeah. Yeah. There, in terms of him going to the, the NFC, there just aren't that many places. He doesn't fit in the Arians offense in Tampa. Even no. Even though you have great talent around him. No. And the two California teams are so locked into their quarterbacks that not I happening. just can't see either one of them taking that type of hit. Right. Not happening. For a year. And, you know, I, I just don't see that. The Bears would be a team that he could probably go into. He knows the weather that you would say, okay. You've got Allen Robinson. You've got some a, a running back in Montgomery. Tree Cohen could be a chess piece. Yeah, you'd have to address the offensive line, but you have a defense that Brady plus some of those skill position, bringing another skill position player plus that defense could win. Yeah, yeah. They're in a very difficult division with brutal the, division. The Packers and the Vikings, who have both been excellent. and even the Lions with a healthy. I mean, you remember from sure. DLD, like DLD before the injury to Stafford. You remember that? I do remember that. So yeah, I it's a it's tricky to me. The wild card would only be Dallas. I really can't think of anybody other than Dallas. It would be a true wild card in this thing. And then I think it's the usual suspects in the AFC. And if you want, I mean, Nashville, if it is Tennessee, Nashville's a great town, boom town. And you're, you're talking about playing most of your games in warm weather or domes at the end of the year. You know, it would be that way. So that's, that's not bad. You can play with, play for Vrabel, who's your buddy, who you're FaceTiming over the weekend. Right. Did you see this? Um, Jimmy Johnson to the Hall of Fame. Jerry Jones said he's not going in the ring of honor. I Why? thought they mended fences a little bit, the two of them. Didn't Jimmy interview Jerry? And they felt bad about the way it ended? Or Obviously so. not. Why wouldn't he go to the Ring of Honor? Just because Jerry still has a grudge? A grudge, I guess. What was Jerry's reasoning, Gibby? Jerry gave no reasoning. He just said no? We're, it, it won't be this year. Oh, it won't be this year. Well, do it. It'll be know. when Jerry feels the time is right. Jeez. My guess I, th- is I thought they put all that stuff behind him. He's probably waiting to win something so he can have a one-up. Yeah. Could be a long wait. Could be. Could be a very long Could wait. Be a long wait already. Yeah. Certainly has. If the CBA gets approved before free agent, teams can only take one player instead of two that they can right now, transition and franchise. Can you make an argument with all the QBs out there that Dallas should franchise Amari Cooper over Dak Prescott? Well, that goes to my, that goes to my theory, Gibby, that the, the Cowboys could be in line for Brady. To me, if I'm the Cowboys, again, I would much rather this draft class is so loaded. Draft one of these studs and use the money that you'd have to spend on Amari Cooper elsewhere. You just gave up so much to get him. What, how many ones did they give up to get him? I don't remember what the big deal was. Is it a couple of ones that they gave up to get him? They may not even have a one this year. Oh, yeah, they, had, they were getting CeeDee Lamb in this draft. One. Yeah. So they had him right. drafting a receiver anyway. For yeah. a first-round pick. One yeah, first round. Just one. Okay, well, then that's already come and gone. Right? That was last year's. So that's fine. I was like, the, yeah. Wait a it, second. It, Go ahead. It just seems to me that's a better use of your, of your resources. Yeah, they picked 17th. Yeah. Yeah, so they'd have the ability really do to that. spend that at spend it at corner. Byron Jones is supposedly going to leave. Keep Byron Jones in the mix. You yeah, know, they're good players out there. Yeah, 
going to be interesting. And everybody held up by Brady at the moment. I think so a lot of it certainly him. is. Yeah, it's a big. Then the, then the dominoes go. Once he decides, you assume that stuff has happened behind the scenes with him and these teams that would potentially be interested yep. or he would know. But him saying, no, he's not, too, it's pretty direct. You're not going to get more direct than that. I don't think that – unless he's just trolling everybody. It could be. Which would be a bold thing for a 42-year-old to conjure up. Would just it be? trolling everybody Why at this not? age? What does I he care? I don't know. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? You're the greatest uh, of all time. What are you doing? No need to be trolling everybody. Yeah, I do think it that it is uh, – you know, so we just talked about Jeremiah's mock, and we'll get into these a lot more mocks. I know we have another mock coming up, I believe. Is it is it next? Yeah, coming up yeah. next, yeah. We got some more to get into, but Jeremiah's is the only one of the ones that I've seen that have come out post-combine that involve four tackles going. Now, as I said before, and we had Lance Zerline, and I would implore you, if you That's did not hear Friday's show, go listen to Friday's show with Lance Zerline because he will just give you, break down all of these top tackles. The Browns getting, quote-unquote, the fourth best tackle in this Daniel Jeremiah mock. He could be the best tackle on the Browns board. There are a lot of people that think Thomas is the best tackle. There are those who think Wills. There are those who think Wirfs. And there are those who think Becton. And Daniel Jeremiah is Becton at the top of his tackle group. So just a lot to look at. As I said, the Browns are in great shape at 10. I don't think this is something that people need to be uh, you know, freaking out about at this point. It's something that the Browns are in a good spot. They're going to get a great player if they take tackle. This tackle class, stunningly good. I mean, there are many people that said to us while we were there to have four tackles in your top you know, 12 on the board, yeah. top 10. They've never had that. No, no. It's absolutely loaded. Um, all right. Let's see what Ryan Wilson has to say about his new mock draft from CBS Sports. See if it matches up with Jeremiah's. Here's a hint. It doesn't. We get to that coming up next. CBD, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. on a Monday, a post-combine Monday edition. Another mock draft. They're going to come fast and furious. Oh, I love this it. One from mock Ryan draft Wilson. season. I'm I here for it. Mock drafts. I, love the, I love the draft. In here for it. Yep. This is from CBS. This is from Ryan Wilson of CBS. Um, and he goes, Burrow 1, Chase Young 2, Isaiah Simmons 3. There which, it is. Finally. Which we thought would happen. Mm. Oh. Uh, Tristan Wirfs mm. 4. Tua Tungavailoa, five. Jordan Love, six. Jeff Akuda seven. Derek Brown, eight. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, nine. And Jedrick Wills out of Alabama, ten. So in this us. one, ten us. Becton goes 11. Andrew Thomas goes 14. They'll all be gone by 15. Yep. The, f- the four tackles will all be gone. Yep. So, again, that's you're, in a, you're in, a pretty good, you're in a pretty good spot here. Josh Jones in this one goes 18. Ooh, a lot of people, there's, there are people that really like Josh Jones as well in this draft class. It is a loaded, loaded group. Here is what, uh, what Wilson says about our picking of Willis, Will's number, uh, number 10. Baker Mayfield can't spend Sundays running for his life. The Browns off of the line, obvious area of need. Jedrick Wills is an obvious solution for that problem. He hoped 
to run a sub five at the combine. He ran a five oh five, though he admitted to that to us that running that time was mostly for bragging rights. The man is a terror in the run game. Will only continue to get better in press protection. Um, I've seen more of him than the others actually play games, just because I've watched Alabama play a lot, and he's pretty beastly. The one thing that was interesting to me is that he played right tackle at Alabama because he he blocked for two as blindside. And Lance Zerline thought he'd have no problem whatsoever moving from right to left. Mm-hmm. But there are others who think he is a right tackle. Which now right tackles are becoming just as important as left tackles. I don't care much. about that. Yeah. Get a guy who's a stud. Right. Get a guy who's a stud. Yeah. And it would appear that that would, that would do it. Um, look, this is going to be – this is a favorable spot for us just because you're getting the second one off the board. Right? In and this I, case. Yeah. And it's, it's pr- the Worf's performance at the Combine – while Becton's got a lot of attention on, I think it was Friday when they ran. Becton got a lot of attention Friday because of how fast he run, but the he ran. But overall, Werfs was the winner of the combine in terms of everything he could do as a prospect. There's no question that the most buzz on the offensive line came from him. There isn't, and, and you know it's there's a lot of buzz about all these guys, but Becton at his size, and then Werfs again. Just in case you didn't he hear him the four first eight out. five, Werfs did. He jumped 36 and a half inches. That's a higher vertical yeah. than A.J. Green, higher vertical than Amari Cooper. DeAndre Hopkins put it in context. One of the guys that I would consider to be one of the great leapers of my lifetime, the venerable Rex Chapman, had a 39-inch vertical leap Yeah, at 205 pounds. That's pretty good. This guy is at 36 and a half inches at 310 pounds. That's insane. That is insane. Biggest broad jump ever at the combine, tied it for a lineman. Biggest vertical ever for a lineman. Here's what I think is not being. Look at AB. Yeah, Fantastic. there he is. What um, <laughs> somebody he, got a good picture a, of that. He, yeah, he got a, he had a great uh, pullover on today as well. So a little bit of new merch. It looks like that looked pretty good on him. I saw. Um, this is what this is. These aren't taking into account these post combine drafts. So the offensive line were one of the the tackles were obviously one of the big talking points of the draft. Tua Tungavailoa is going to throw at the Bama Pro Day. I think that's April 9th. He's going to pro. He's going to throw. When that happens, he won't get to five. That's my prediction. That when he gets when he throws and everyone sees that he can stay upright and stay mobile, he doesn't get to five. Right now, he didn't do anything, so there's no way to to judge him on on anything. But if he's healthy, relatively. And he throws at his pro day right up. And if he ends up moving, if they end up moving to two to take him, or let's say the Redskins, and there is some smoke. Now, there are people who say, oh, it's silly season. That's just to motivate Haskins. Let's not forget the guy who drafted Dwayne Haskins is not there. Ron Rivera was not associated with that pick in any way, shape, or form. And somebody posed a question today on Twitter, which I thought was a good one. And it's, if you're the Cardinals, would you be happier that you have? Because everybody's like, well, Chase Young's a sure thing. Well, Nick Bosa was a sure thing last year, too. Mm-hmm. Would you be happier as a fan of the Cardinals to know that you had Josh Rosen and Nick Bosa, or would you be happier to know that you have Kyler Murray? And the answer is clearly Kyler Murray. Now, I'm not saying that no, you're say- are Haskins, you saying Haskins is Josh is Rosen. Rosen. I'm not. You're I not, but I'm just saying that's what you have to think in that premise. That's the calculus, though, right? right. Would you rather have – and by the way, we all know the most important thing is to have the best player quarterback. And by the way, they know. They have their opinion. Just like last year with Rosen, the Cardinals know who he is. He was in their building for a year. They knew what he was, and they knew what he wasn't. The same is true of Haskins here. The Redskins should know what he is, and they know what he isn't. So, right. 
I, I can tell you some of the things that Dwayne has done, I could see how it wouldn't, how if you're, you know, if you're Rivera, you're not the biggest fan of him. He did something either Forbes or GQ or Esquire, that how I spent my first million. Like, that's not going to be, you're not going to, you don't want that. You don't want that stuff out there. He let, he didn't take the final kneel down. Remember he was doing selfies like there's the stuff like that. And that the, some of the concern with him in Columbus and remember Burrow beat him out as the backup to JT yep. going into his sophomore year, Burrow beat him out and then Burrow got hurt, which allowed Dwayne to come up and allowed Dwayne to play great in the Michigan game, which gave Dwayne the heads up going into the spring, which allowed him to barely beat Burrow in the spring. But Burrow had beat him out. Did you hear anything at Ohio, when he was at Ohio State? Because now there comes reports out that he can't get plays out in the huddle and he struggled with all this and he that. He ran and as complicated an, of an offense that Ryan Day had him run. I just don't like 5,000 yards and 50 happens. touchdowns. So I don't, like I don't buy that at all. Um, you know, they don't babysit quarterbacks down there, not under Ryan Day. So my guess is he did everything that was required. If there was ever any sort of negative feeling around him, it was how seriously does he take it? Yeah, because one thing they dealt with early on when he was there was, are you going to be dialed in? Like, are you dialed in? Are you going to put in the work to be the, our number one quarterback? Like, that was the key. And finally, it clicked for him, and he put up one of the greatest seasons in the history of college football. Um, so, but I don't know what's going on in Washington. I mean, that that was always my fear for him going there because I like him as a kid. Um, was that that? It's, they lack so much stability. And he was very split in terms of the people that we talked to around the league on what the opinions were of No him. question. Very split. No question. No question. Um, meantime, like if, if I'm Washington, because I, I don't love Tua from a health standpoint, red flags everywhere, I draft Young. I play Haskins. If we go 2-14, and 14, I'll take Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. If I'm then, I, just, I want Miami to say, I want Tua. If I'm not taking Tua, if I'm the Redskins, I don't yeah. take Tua. My dream scenario is to move to five, pick up another one of their first. You're guaranteed to get young Akuda or Simmons, and then you also get to add a stud wide receiver for right. your young quarterback. Yeah, you could do both of those things. Yeah, yeah. And that'd be a dream scenario for the Lions because then Young would fall to three. Yes. And then they could they could run up Race to, to the podium. That would be the way that they would sort those things out. So, going to be fun. Lots of silly season, lots of liars poker out there. Mark Ross, NFL Network analyst, former Giants VP of Player Evaluation, College Scouting, and former Eagles and Bills Scout will join us next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Bo here for Weather Seal Home Services. Metal roofs, the new buzz in residential roofing. Well, metal roofing technology, material styles, and colors have improved significantly. Metal roof costs way, way down. Right now until March 31st, save 35% on a new metal roof from Weather Seal. Remember, Weather Seal is the exclusive home of the seven-year folks' zero interest financing. You don't pay a dime until 2027. Call 877-351-SEAL. That's 877-351-SEAL. Or visit them online at weathersealhomeservices.com. 35% metal roof discount ends on March 31st. Prior sales are excluded. Hurry in now and check that deal out. Let's head on the hotline. Mark Ross, NFL Network analyst, former Giants VP of Player Evaluation College Scouting. Worked for the Eagles and Bills as well. And uh, at the NFL Network, did some very good work over there to talk a little bit about what we saw in India. What a wild week it was. And, Mark, thanks for the time. Let's jump right Mark. in. As you think about putting this week in Indian perspective, who are the names, who are the teams that jump to mind as saying, well, they won the week? 
<laughs> well, well, there's a lot of those. That offensive line group was about as impressive as I've seen with worse 320 pounds running a 485 and jumping 34 and Makai Beckton, well, not to be outdone, 364 pounds running a 511 and uh, Andrew Thomas, 36 and eighth arms. So it, there was a lot of impressive impo- performances by that offensive line group, but the DB group was, was equally as impressive and the wide receiver group was impressive with Chase Claypool and, and Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb. And just, just every day it seemed like they were up the ante. Each group uh, said, you know, I'll see you one, raise you, and then exciting performances uh, by pretty much everybody. Mark, when you think of it, you talked about the tackle group and, and the Browns picking a 10 with a clear need at tackle. Would you say this is one of those situations where it really just kind of the stars of a line for Andrew Barry in the sense that likely the best player on the board will also be at the Browns' biggest position of need when they pick 10th? Yeah, that's a, the perfect scenario for a scouting department when you have perceived needs and then there's a, a, a nice group of players to choose from and you don't have to elevate a player or overvalue a player just because you you're trying to fill a need so i think there's about three to four tackles that could be top 10 picks and the browns are looking pretty good right there with getting one of those guys and isn't that you know if you think about when we were going into the the combine the you know we got to we're reactionary with this stuff right mark i mean that's kind of the way that it goes like you see something that's shiny and fancy and then everybody gravitates right. to it and i think i think some of the thinking was that going into it that we I mean, we were going to take a tackle. I think that seems like a lock, uh, but that there would we would get the second one. And now there's this talk about three or four of them potentially going in the top ten with us getting the third or the fourth, depending on how it all breaks. But some of that's predicated on not having three quarterbacks in the top ten, that there wouldn't be a run on those guys the way that we anticipated. Uh, do you think Jordan Love did enough to work his way into that top ten? And conversely, has what did Justin Herbert do to knock himself out of it? Yeah, I think Jordan Love. I've been a Jordan Love fan since I first observed him on tape. And then this week, just there was a lot of hype uh, going in and, and think he delivered as far as his physical performance, but also just the way he carried himself and the way he interviewed. So I definitely think there's going to be he's going to be in the mix in the top ten, possibly top five. And it's um, that receiver group, there's, there'll be a couple of those guys that go up in there. Uh, of course, Isaiah Simmons will be in the mix in the top ten. Uh, Derek Brown so it's going to be a, a nice group of guys in the top 10 to, to look at and uh, really I think it's so deep that you could go all the teams will have about 30 40 deep of how they'll just have these guys rank completely different and you'll get a nice mix of players a lot of value going into that second third round of, of players but but definitely be a nice group of players in the top 10 for the Browns to choose from. You also talk about the quarterbacks you got into uh, Peter King's article, Football Morning in America, talking about Tua, and you said your first line is, I'm worried about Tua. You see how good he is, but, you know, obviously the injury, that's a big thing, talking about somebody that could go as high as number two in this draft, could go number five to the Dolphins. How do you, if you're running an organization, how do you deal with a guy that has so much talent but clearly has been banged up in kind of a significant fashion the last two years? Right, and and that's you know the Tua the Tua uh, avalanche you is, has started years ago, you know, and it's almost when when that happens, people don't want to get caught in that am- avalanche and go against what everyone else is saying. I've seen it so often with people just want to go with, with 
everyone else says, as opposed to saying, well, let's really boil this down and look at it and, and break this player down. So with Tua, he's not had one major injury. He's had about four of them. So mm-hmm. and what I've seen is when the guys are injury prone, they're, they tend to keep getting injured. And he's a smaller, he's a smaller frame build. Um, if you watch him and you evaluate him on tape, he, he's not the toughest in the pocket. So here you have a guy that's kind of beat up, and now he's <clears throat> there's some signs that he may not like like that in there, uh, the pressure in his face and getting hit in there too often. So that's serious concerns for me uh, moving forward with his development and with his potential. And, uh, you know, he, he heard about the medical at the combine with Tua, but his his really examinations are just starting where any team that's interested in him, what happens is now they'll bring him into their own facility, have their own doctors look him over, all the specialists look him over because there's a lot you're going to have to talk about with him, with your doctors, uh, with the medical staff uh, before you take him in the top five, top ten, wherever he'll go. Mark Ross, our guest, NFL Network analyst, former VP of Player Evaluation College Scouting with the Giants, also worked with the Eagles and Bills in the scouting department there. A lot of attention to the tackles, uh, the quarterbacks who didn't participate in much. Um, but but a group that seemed to pass every test and who is so deep and so talented is wide receiver – and if all right. of these tackles are going to make a run, Mark, and if we're going to end up getting four or maybe five quarterbacks somehow in this first round, the amount, the depth of talent that that position, from my view, may be as good as any in this draft. What what do you make of this this group of wide receivers that will be available? Yeah, probably the deepest group of receiver, the deepest position group in this draft, but also the best receiver group that I've seen. I mean, I think there will be guys at the bottom of the second, top of the third, who will have starting potential i mean it's that you know 15 16 17 players that are, that could be starters next year and you, you know the two big names with judy and cd lamb but i mean there's so many other guys the quez watkins who i loved on tape and then he goes out and runs a four three six from southern miss uh clay put his name in the first round now so i, I think teams don't have to force a receiver earlier in the first round that you can get guys in the second into the third round and feel strong about them coming in and starting for you next year. When you talk about the depth of this wide receiver class, how does that affect wide receivers in the league already in free agency? Because it would seem to me that you're getting a cheaper supply of very talented guys here in the draft this year that could make it tough for free agent wide receivers seeking you know, nice paydays. Yeah, definitely it'll affect the class where teams don't feel like they have to overspend for a player. and They just saw what we saw this week and have been evaluating the college guys all season and feel strongly about all right well let's use our our money let's use our assets and resources elsewhere in free agency as opposed to overpaying and get one or two young receivers in the draft with with much better value as opposed to overspending for a vet mark what do you we talked a lot of the other thing that happens this week is you get to talk to basically the whole league because it's all there and and one of the things that we noticed that started to really trend through the week was this feeling of the reality that it seems like Tom Brady's done in New England, and then I don't know if you saw the video or not of him mouthing at the basketball game. I don't yeah. know if it's if it's just trolling or not. I don't know what to make of it. But right. the one thing I felt in in Indy was kind of the foregone conclusion that New England's moving off is is preparing as if he's not coming back, and Tom seems like he's ready to go. Uh, did you get that feeling as well? <laughs> it just depends on what hour you were talking to someone because one minute <laughs> he's coming back, next minute someone says he is, and then you see this video. So I think. It, <laughs> 
My gut feeling is he will be back, and I think this is the way Patriots do things. I never thought it would come to this. You just can't even envision Tom Brady not playing for the Patriots, for Bill Belichick. And I think the owner, with him coming out, with saying we want him back, that you're going to have to take that into consideration. Now the guy owns the team. So it's uh, it'll be fascinating what, what eventually comes to, to pass, not just with Tom, but you know, Phil Rivers and Teddy Bridgewater. So it's it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks uh, in the free agency. But, I, but but my gut would be that Tom will be back. What, one more real quick on that, Mark. I, I, we were wondering if there's going to be enough landing spots for the quarterbacks that are available. And I, I'm starting to think that maybe there won't be. <laughs> well, in terms of the veterans. Them. I mean, it, it might not be the, the perfect fit for some of, the, some of them, but maybe looking like Rivers to the Colts and uh, you know Tannehill coming back to the Titans and Teddy maybe down to uh, Tampa Bay. Jameis, where is he going to go? So it's um, they'll, they'll, someone will, some, they'll end up somewhere. They're not going to be on the street. So it might not be ideal fits for everyone, uh, but they, they got to land somewhere. If you were in a front office right now, knowing that free agency, you know, we're only a couple weeks away from it at this point, you didn't hear the normal stuff coming out of the combine that you did. And the main reason everybody keeps saying is the CBA. And will we be at what set of rules will we be operating under for the 2020 season? How difficult is that to navigate? And do you think this is going to cause kind of a, a chaotic free agency period? Because it really is truly this time going to be very compressed in terms of what the money and the dollar figures look like, depending on if the CBA passes or not prior to the start of the league year. Yeah, it's definitely a big concern that all teams – the cap guys have to be worried about and just the, the rules, what rules are you going to be under as far as maybe the tags, you know, now you can tag, use both of the tags where it's looking like if you, they sign a new deal, it'll just be back to the one uh, using one franchise tag. So of course you want the certainty and know what rules you're working under so that you can best allocate your, your funds. So uh, I think everybody's kind of on pins and needles and on edge hoping it gets done before free agency starts. And it does. It most people we talked to over there. I'm sure. I don't know if you had. I won't put words in your mouth. Seem like it would, right? Mark didn't that get the yeah, feeling you would yeah, that it seems, would get passed. Yeah, yeah. definitely. All right, I very good. Get done. Really appreciate your time, Mark. Thanks for jumping on with us. He's the NFL Network analyst. You can follow him at Mark Ross. Thanks for your time, Mark. Okay. Thanks a lot. Anytime. Yeah, that was. Um, that seemed like so. The vote goes this week. That's what they're. That's what they're Is hoping the to get done. Yep. Yeah. That'd be crazy headed for a 17-game schedule. That wouldn't kick in until 2021. 21, right, yeah. Yeah, and then that'll change the way – you're talking about free agency in 16 days? (laughs) That's coming quick. Yeah, and they conceded. The one thing that stood out to us both as being ridiculous was that guys who are making a lot of money wouldn't be fairly compensated for that 17th game. They eliminated that. Now you're just going to get – Duh, a proration of your contract from 16 over 17 games. Right. Makes some, because it's such a drop in the bucket of what we're talking about from right. a dollar standpoint. But yeah, this makes so much sense. The vast majority of the players in the NFL, that it's if it gets to the vote, it's going to pass. Yeah, who and, is that in the – who is the – I think it's just the lawyer now that are just – who was – that I referenced earlier? Yeah, yeah, Nate yeah. Solder. Nate Solder, who, who said, you know, like I talked to guys my guys, and they're like, yeah, we're in. We want it. Yes. Let's do it. Let's play the 17th game, and that's the way it's going to go. And that will just come down to a scheduling. And one thing we heard over there about that was potentially it would be one year it would be all the AFC gets nine homes, and the next year it would be all the NFC gets nine right, homes. So the conferences the are equal for the playoff races, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, it's really – if you ask most people, if you ask most people, we're going to ask you to do, you know – six percent more work and we're going to pay you 20 percent more yeah and increase your benefits for the rest of your life would you do that six percent more yep 
for 20% more. Yeah, yep. sure I would. Yep. That's that's why you think that this thing's going to get done. Yep. All right. Final segment up next. CBD 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Our brethren down in Columbus with a nice win yesterday to open the season. The Columbus crew with a one-zip yes. win over New York City FC. One-nil. One-nil. Yeah, it was nice. It was very, very nice as they opened the 25th season of, of, the, of the soccer down there. Football. Good job out of them. Go crew, go. To the rest of the world. Yeah. So I was trying to do, uh, I'm coaching my, I'm coaching Beamsy, Abraham Lincoln Beamsy. I'm coaching his baseball right. uh-huh. uh, this year. And I had to do a concussion online training so that I can properly identify if a six-year-old bunks heads with another six-year-old that they have a concussion. Um, so there's a 35 questionnaire that I got to fill out pre. If I get 80% of those right, I don't have to watch the things, right? Because you have to get 80%. That's the threshold. So I got a pretty good handle doing what I've been doing here for quite a while. The problem was I was unaware that this was happening. And my my lovely wife said, well, I'll handle this. I'll I'll do this for you. You don't have to deal with it. It's been long. I'll, I'll answer this. So I jump into this. She asked me a question about a concussion symptom. And I said, well, it's this. And she goes, no, it's not. It's not that. And I said, I'm pretty sure it's that having done what I do. So I go and I get on the, the laptop. She's 19 questions in. And you can't go back. No. So I feel like it was probably difficult to. 68%. Yeah. So then I had to watch the video. And as I'm the video, it's taking the better part. I'm not exaggerating. It's taking 45 minutes to load a minute and a half clip. 45 minutes. That's oh, really a joy. It's, I finally... I emailed the guy who runs the league, and I said, you know what? I can't spend six hours watching eight one-minute and 30-second clips on concussion. So if there's a better way, I'd love for you to show me what it is. Help me out. Because I'm not doing this, Coach. <laughs> can't do that. Cannot do that. Do we, what did you watch over the weekend when you got back? Any sports? You've taken anything? And the kids. No, it was sad. First weekend without basketball. We did see Artie, Artie Bucket's final uh, performance in High School Musical there Junior, you go. which was great. Uh, we did some hanging. Bryce and I got a couple of Vicks out in the Fortnite streets, which is always a good time. Played a lot of pool at the house. There you go. As a fam. And uh, we celebrated uh, Kayla's father's uh, 59th birthday. What a win, which was That's a right. wonderful evening. That was a good Glorious. job. It was very good. good. Um, the uh, the other thing, so I hadn't been home. I was home for like basically three days and two weeks. Yeah. And um, so the boys had been playing Mario Deluxe. We played without four you. of us. So they'd been playing without me in two weeks. And – at the, when they got this game at Christmas, I was like, da, 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 here we go. This is easy. Let's do this. And then. So it's like the Ewing theory where they. Are they oh, it was full on Ewing theory. So they jumped back in. Somehow they're at Bowser Castle, uh-huh. which is the end, right? They're at the end. Like somehow they've gotten to the end. I don't know how they've done it. I go back on these levels. I can't do it. I don't know what they're doing. And they're, they're, they've become video game savants. Either that or I just suck. One of the two. So. They're like, come on, Dad, let's play. So we get to, to Bowser's Castle, and there's lava raining down on us, and we're jumping, and lo- and it's going like this. There's now you're a liability. Out. I'm a total liability. You went from the leader oh to the liability. God. They've all passed me. Like, Bootsy's a straight-up savant. They've all passed me. I don't even know. I don't know where to jump. I'm just landing in lava. 
I'm panicking. I'm yelling, yelling at them left and right. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. They've all surpassed me. It's not close. My so my son is was great at Splatoon. Mm-hmm. Great, he's great at Fortnite, and I he wanted he wanted us to, to be something we could do. And I, sure, for, I just for a while was not good, and I'm still. There are people who play the game would understand. I'm not a builder, and to be elite, you need to be a real builder. This is in when Fortnite. it comes to in Fortnite. Yeah. I'm a very good shot. I'm very accurate. I, but I've gotten better now. I'm at least competent, so it's so much more fun. But when you're the one who's like, right. "What's going on?" and then you're dead. Yeah. Not fun. Not that's not an enjoyable experience. Yeah. No, and then I was holding him back. Yeah, right. Because, you don't because hold I your couldn't kids jump. Back. No, right. and I'm like, so like you turn into a bubble. It's, when you die, you turn into a bubble. If you still have lives. And it drives you back to them. And if they hit you, then you come back to life. I just kept trying to steer the bubble away from them like, just to stay out of the mix. Yeah, yeah. Like, just keep me out of the mix, boys. Save I don't know what you're doing. Yourselves. Yeah, this morning. Oh, wow. What a turn of events. It was really amazing. We had this. This I, I wrote this down because this is how I know that Bootsy is my son, as if there weren't everything else. So the two older brothers were playing NBA 2K20 on the Switch. What a game. And we have an Xbox as well. And Bootsy was just standing at the top of the stairs crying. And I said, what's going on, Boots? And he goes, he said, they won't let me play. I want to play Mario Deluxe. They, they won't let me play. And I said, well, guys, why don't you let him play? And he goes, he says this, a direct quote. Why don't you guys just play Xbox? I get the Switch. Everyone wins. <laughs> Everyone wins. Age four. My, hashtag my son. Uh, Which would lead me to believe that I say everyone wins a lot. Bootsy, Bootsy, Bootsy. Just tell them, look, if you're not happy with this, that's a sign of a great compromise. Nobody's happy. Nobody's happy. That's the way that it goes. By the way, treat yourself to another spectacular upset yeah. of Curb. So we will. I'll watch it tonight, yeah. and we'll do the uh, we'll, we'll tomorrow. do the review tomorrow. Yeah. Um, he's on it. It's a pretty good heater. There's some incredible lines in every episode. Ah, uh, this one is tremendous. And by the way, we kick off tomorrow. Jim Trotter. We oh, there you go. a great interview with Andrew Barry. Wrote that feature at NFL.com. So we'll have that tomorrow, which, which is, is nice. nice. Next Level is nice, too. They're up next. We're back tomorrow. CBD, 850. ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.